everyone. There's one thing I forgot to mention in this podcast that you're going to listen to. And that is when these Nazarites abstain from wine, it also keeps them sober headed. And we know that even the Proverbs talk about how alcohol can be, um, you know, can give you obscured in, um, vision and you get drunk and you don't see straight and see right. And, and so it's not that it's a, a sin to drink for everybody, but I know God has commanded me not to drink alcohol and I haven't touched alcohol since 2001. Um, anyway, a long time ago, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, we are to, and when you take this Nazarite vow, that's going to be talked about one of the things you have to abstain from is wine. And so it's basically staying sober, just like the high priests had to be sober when they entered the inner sanctuary. When your life is dedicated to Yahweh, it is a time of soberness so that you are not seen with any drunken eyes. Okay, now you can get on with your episode. Have a blessed day. Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. I apologize for not posting any last week. I have had a lot of photography sessions and I was super exhausted and I just didn't feel like I could read out loud very well last week. So I read, of course, my Bible with Yahweh himself, but I did not read with you guys. But I hope you had some great time with the Lord, with Yahweh, and as he was teaching you, I hope you have grown closer to him. Today we are in Numbers chapter 6, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. And this chapter is really important to understand, especially in light of many antinomian or anti-law teachers and Christians of modern day. Because in Acts chapter 21, this is what Paul had to pay the sacrifice for to prove that he himself walked orderly, and obeyed the law. And there was a huge misunderstanding, even back then, thinking that he was teaching people that you no longer had to obey the law. So he had to go prove that that was a lie and not true. And therefore he took two men who were were doing this Nazarite vow that we're going to read about today, the Nazir vow, and he went and paid their offering, paid the sacrifice. And there was a sacrifice involved. There's an also, many people misunderstand that the sacrifices were done away, but they weren't. We just have lost the temple. When Jesus Yeshua returns or when the temple is restored, we very obviously will be offering and serving the Lord in the way that he has commanded. And so it proves again that sacrifices were continuing even after Yeshua Jesus rose from the dead until the time the temple was taken away. So this chapter is just important to understand in a number of ways because it helps debunk some of the modern theological lies. Okay, so without any further ado, let's begin. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite, Nazir in Hebrew, Nazir, to separate himself to Yahweh, he shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. In other words, similar is added in, remember. It's italicized, but it it, um, it it just is there for clarification, and it does work this time. 
He shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins. Now it is interesting to point out here that the word vinegar is very similar to the word for um, leaven in Hebrew, chometz. And so I know some people, some people have thought it is similar to the same thing, but it it is different because when you make vinegar, well, when I make vinegar, I can soak apples in water and eventually it turns to vinegar. It's very similar process, I suppose, to grapes turning into wine because it all involves fermentation. And so obviously some of these drinks are fermented, which can lead of course, to drunkenness if you drink wine. But the fresh grapes or raisins, there's, they're not going to be um, inducing intoxication. But one of the things that my husband pointed out, there weren't treats like we think of America has treats today. Everybody wants a sweet treat, you know, here or there. And one of the most naturally sweet and desserty type fruits is grapes which then, when you dry them, turn into raisins. So he was wondering if it's just abstaining from the things of that type of pleasure just to beat your flesh and to humble yourself and stay focused on Yahweh. And I don't know. I know Yahweh has had me do fasts for years from meat and would not let me eat meat for years as I was fasting for people as they went through things. But I didn't fast for from all food for those years. <laughs> Because I would obviously perish. And so perhaps, you know, because, well, I guess because the fa- you can't fast for three years from food. <laughs> you can fast 40 days and you can fast easily three days. And, and, and I know, you, I've, you know, I usually do three days, but um, at times I've done 13 days. But obviously you would perish without more. Anyway, so my point is here. Again, you can't you can't abstain from everything because sometimes these Nazarite vows are their whole life, and so it couldn't be things that would jeopardize their well being. But it was things that that did keep them focused because every time you don't, when I didn't eat meat, or these men and women are not drinking of the vine, it is reminding them, "Hey, I am set apart to Yahweh. I don't take that." And then it puts your heart in prayer and you turn your eyes to the Lord, Yahweh, and you start praying. Father, why am I sanctified to you right now? What should I be focused on in this moment of denying myself? Get my eyes where it should be. And so it's a really good thing to do these types of um, consecrations or separations because it does teach your flesh. Okay, those are just a lot of side notes there. Verse 4. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine from seed to skin. So no grapeseed oil. All the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to Yahweh. He shall be holy. Then he shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. Now the word holy there is again kadosh or cholesh. It depends. You know, it's the root is um, chodosh. And then they add on the vowel points. But what it means is set apart or different from. So it's different from the world, different than the ordinary. 
And remember when they use, um, in Hebrew, if they use the word his, it is because there are two different genders in the language, and it just, the his will encompass both. It already said it could be a man or woman, but rather than always using both genders in language, they will often, you know, just defer to the male to encompass both. So just remember, it doesn't, it doesn't change it here that it said his vow, it already mentioned man or woman in verse one. All the days that he shall se- that he separates himself to Yahweh, he shall not go near a dead body. He shall not make himself unclean even for his father or his mother, for his brother or his sister when they die, because his separation to Elohim is on his head. Okay, so that would mean you couldn't go near the dead body because that would make you unclean and you would have to he would have to shave his body and start over. Verse eight. All the days of his separation he shall be holy to Yahweh. And if anyone dies very suddenly beside him, and he defiles his consecrated head, then he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day he shall shave it. So there's six days of cleansing. On the seventh day of cleansing, then he shaves everything. Then on the eighth day, remember eight is the number of renewal, of uh, eternity because seven was completion and then the eighth is that newness the new number the new day the new beginning then on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and the priest shall offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement for him because he sinned in regard to the corpse and he shall sanctify his head that same day he shall consecrate to Yahweh the days of his separation and bring a male lamb in its first year as a trespass offering. But the former days shall be lost because his separation was defiled. And lost just means void. It's just, they don't, he's starting over. Now, the, verse 13, now this is the law of the Nazir, or Nazirite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and he shall present his offering to Yahweh one male lamb in its first year without blemish as a burnt offering, one ewe lamb, that's a female lamb in its first year without blemish as a sin offering, one ram without blemish as a peace offering, a basket of unleavened bread, cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and their grain offering with their drink offerings. Then the priest shall bring them before Yahweh and offer his sin offering and his burnt offering, and he shall offer the ram as a sacrifice of a peace offering to Yahweh, with the basket of unleavened bread, the priest shall also offer its grain offering and its drink offering. So this is what Paul went and paid. Notice, um, if you go back and read Acts 21 now, you'll see this is what it's talking about. He was still offering these sacrifices because the temple still stood. Verse 18. Then the Nazir, or Nazarite, shall shave his consecrated head of the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and he shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire, which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. Can I point out here, I don't think I said what the word Nazarite means. The word Nazarite means like unpruned, so unsheared, which makes sense because his hair was going to be unpruned, uncut. So that's where that word, that's what it actually means in Hebrew. So I don't think I mentioned that, so I need to mention it. Verse 19, and the priest shall take the boiled shoulder of the ram, one unleavened cake from the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and put them upon the hands of the Nazarite, 
after he has shaved his consecrated hair. And the priest shall wave them as a wave offering before Yahweh. They are holy for the priest, together with the breast of the wave offering. And the thigh of the heave offering, after that the Nazarite may drink wine. <coughs> Sorry, guys. This is the law of the Nazarite who vows to Yahweh the offering for his separation. And besides that, whatever else his hand is able to provide, according to the vow which he takes, so he must do according to the law of his separation. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Okay, I love this. This is just a random thing. Obviously, we know these chapters and verses weren't numbered like they are now. <laughs> and so I'm not sure because it switches. We were talking about the Nazarite and then what they offer Yahweh basically to get their life back. And just as a thankful, they were thankful for that time of being separated to Yahweh. And so I know some people might think it's weird. Like you just gave your life to Yahweh. Now, why are you, why do you have to offer him these things? It's because when you have that intimacy with Yahweh and you are set aside for him, you, it's, it's not the sacrifice from you. You realize the humility of what he gives you, what he's given you and the ability and the opportunity and even him letting you come near his face. is just amazing. And there's a gratefulness that enters your heart. And so, and you're basically, I believe, you're just admitting all the folly of your ways and saying that even your righteousness is like filthy rags before him. And you're so thankful that he would give you this opportunity. So that's my understanding and my heart on the issue. But I could be wrong. Share your thoughts, please. Verse 22. And Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And I love this. And you all know this. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And basically, it's to invoke or to call forth his name on them. And that's one thing to remember. When you are praying for the children of Israel, ask for Yahweh to bless them and keep them. Make his face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lift up his countenance or lift up his face upon them and give them peace. That's really an amazing thing. And those are the Levites, the priests of Yahweh, the house of Aaron, are supposed to pray for the children of Israel that way, but I believe all of us can pray for the children of Israel that way. Because, in a sense, we are all to be priests for him. We can't take the office of the high priest. It says, no form, you know, none of us of the outside, well, okay, I am a Levite, but no people from the outside of that tribe are to enter in near that. It says that, um, we just read that earlier in Leviticus, and so you can't just presume that position. And remember, Samuel, his family was a Levite. So if you go back and look, and he was given to the service of Yahweh as a young child because his mother Hannah was, Hannah was so thankful for him. So just some interesting things. I love that chapter. If you feel the call to a Nazarite vow, just obey. There's no temple now. You couldn't offer the sacrifice to get your... Uh, to do all that stuff back. But, you know, listen as Yahweh calls you. If he calls you to a fast, um, I know particular for a person in my life, 
until he broke through on some very strong battles of Satan. Yeah, they told me it was years, um, between two and three years with no meat at all. And when I didn't eat anything with meat, of course, it made me focus on praying for that person because I knew why I was abstaining from meat. And then during that time, there was also many three-day fasts with no food at all. And we do need to learn to lay down our lives for each other. And it's a, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not It's not fun. But help your brother overcome those demons. Help them. Lay down your life. And, and just realize Yahweh is enough. And we're just passing through this world, guys. Any of the pleasures in it are not really our pleasures. We don't. Our, our delight is in Yahweh. Our pleasure is in Him. And anyway, you all be blessed. I'll stop rambling. Have a blessed day, everyone.